Promo Kitchen is a nonprofit organization committed to the advancement of the promotional products industry through education and mentorship. If you want to get more involved, visit us on the web at promokitchen.org. This podcast has been generously supported by Essent. As the leading provider of business management and commerce solutions in the promotional products industry, Essent makes managing a promotional products business easier. Serving distributors, decorators, and suppliers for over 35 years, Essent blends technology, industry best practices, and your proprietary processes to achieve business bliss, more efficient operations, more profitable relationships, and a better bottom line. Experience the industry's one and only fully integrated business management system and your new way to take care of business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Promo Kitchen podcast. We are a community-inspired conversation featuring guest suppliers, distributors, and service providers discussing insights into the $20 billion promotional products business. My name is Mark Graham, co-founder of Common Skew, and I'm joined by my friend and fellow chef, Marshall Atkinson, COO of Visual Impressions. In today's episode, we take a close look at the screen and digital printing industry, what makes it tick, how it's different from the promotional products industry, and where it complements the work we do every day. Our guest today is Marcy Kinter, Vice President for Government and Business Information for the Specialty Graphic Imaging Association International, most commonly known as the SGIA. SGIA is the world's largest trade association for the screen and digital printing industry. This includes screen printers, embroiderers, sign manufacturers, and basically anyone who prints anything using the screen and digital platforms. Marcy oversees the development of management resources for the association and represents the screen printing and digital imaging industries before federal and state regulatory agencies. In 2008, Marcy, in conjunction with colleagues from other printing trade associations, launched the Sustainable Green Printing Partnership Program, The SGP program is a registry system for printing facilities that includes third-party verification. The program successfully launched as an independent organization in August 2008. Marcy holds a bachelor's degree in urban planning from the University of Maryland College Park and a master's degree in public administration from George Mason University. Marcy, it's a great pleasure to have you on the program today. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. I look forward to chatting with you. So I was going to start off, and I wanted to ask you a question from the perspective of a member of the promotional products industry. Can you tell us the mission for SGIA and how there is overlap, if any, with the promotional products industry? Certainly. I'm glad you asked. I do a lot of work with the promotional products industry because really when you look at it, Those members that are producing the promotional products, such as the pens, the cups, the mouse pads, the t-shirts, etc., they're also all members of SGIA because they're using the technology. And SGIA is really, the best way to look at it is we're a technology-based association. And then with the government affairs issues, which is what I handle, is just really added on to that as the major mission. So our goal in life is really to help people understand the technology, help people to utilize the technology to produce the wide variety of products that they wish to push out the door. Right. 
And to get a sense of the size of the industry that you represent, is there a dollar figure that you use to understand or maybe quantify the size of the industry in the U.S.? I don't look at the dollar figure, but I think when you start looking at the number of facilities, it's really interesting. There's between 25 and 30,000 facilities in the U.S. that are using either screen and or digital printing. And we've seen such a shift over the past couple of years. Say 10 years ago, we had the predominant technology utilized with screen printing. Now you're seeing more of a shift into technology that represents also the digital printing platform. Mm. And of those 30,000, at least half of the facilities in the United States are doing textiles, either through screen, dye sublimation, or embroidery. So it is a fairly significant industry sector within mm. the United States. And we are starting to see that the print platforms are shifting a little bit, or I guess the decoration platforms are shifting a little bit. But at least in the textile industry, we do find still screen is the predominant technology. However, when you start looking at the larger piece of the pie, which we call graphics, which is anything other than textile, which would include a lot of the promotional products, we're starting to see the use of other technologies, be it digital, pad printing, or some other technology to utilize to, to produce that product. Do you foresee a time in the near future when the screen will go by the way of the dodo and will be fully replaced by technology? Not really, because a large portion as well of the screen print industry that's in effect right now is the industrial end. And you're looking at the conductive printing for the membrane switch technologies. You're looking at a lot of industrial container printing. You're looking at printing that needs to be extremely durable. I'm not saying that some of it will not be replaced by the digital platform, but in the near future, we're starting to see more and more use of screen printing in what we would consider these industrial applications rather than the graphics or the textile applications. So, Marcy, one of the things that is interesting about the promotional products industry is the hierarchy, or I should say maybe more the distribution channel that goes from supplier to distributor to end user. And that's the sales model that has really defined the promotional products industry for forever or uh, <laughs> for many, many decades. Can you tell me how the specialty graphics industry or the screen and digital imaging industry is structured? Is, is there any comparison to that of the promotional products industry? Well, and realize too that when you talk about the promotional products industry, I view them as one of our customers. So you're looking at that business model for that specific subsector of the printing industry that we're selling to. But you are also seeing within a lot of the print process, you also look and see that a lot of the facilities, they do what I would call direct B2B. So they will have the model where they are printing directly for a specific brand or retailer. Mm. Or they will be specific B2B if you're a textile screen printer and you might be more of a local or regional market so that you are going directly to the schools, to the PTAs, you're looking at the, the sports clubs and the church groups, etc. So in a lot of ways, the customer, the ultimate customer of the printer drives the business model. So in the larger graphics producers, they are much more that B2B model where they are selling directly to the Ann Taylors, the REIs of the world. Whereas I think that within the promotional products, you do have 
I don't know if I want to call it the middleman, but you have the printer that is then selling to the distributor who then sells to the final customer. Right. So it's, it almost feels like we're further upstream in the sales process than what you're talking about yes. where you're dealing with the supplier who is, as you say, selling to a brand like Ann Taylor. That mm -hmm. supplier maybe could conceivably be called a supplier in the promotion products industry that a distributor could go and source from if they were designing a program for IBM or Microsoft or Google. Right. And the total graphics world, you really have that much more definitive relationship between the ultimate customer and the print provider. Right. They oftentimes will you know, be that direct conduit of information. Whereas if you're in the promotional products industry, because the, you know, the final distributor represents a, a whole vast array of product categories, then they're looking at those different printers to be able to provide the uh, product. Right. Yeah, actually, Marcy, I think just to compound that a little bit, I think sometimes, though, some of the contracts that people that are members of SGIA have with larger promotional distributors, like for instance, we do stuff for a couple of companies where they're doing everything for all the Sherwin-Williams in the United States or something for every McDonald's, you know, mm -hmm. and so I think it really depends on the relationship that that B2B customer has, not just like a local regional kind of thing. Right, and that is true, and I'm looking, when you start talking about the you know, the giveaway items and you're looking at the, the textiles and you're looking at all those other items that they might want to put into, you know, their packets to hand out at trade shows, etc. I find that the ones that are providing the signage and are really looking at that digital signage or the screen printed signage for putting up in the stores, etc., that's all being done much more on a one-on-one -on -one basis where you will have one print provider working with one brand or a couple of print providers working with one brand in order to produce all the graphic signage. And that's where I just see the difference. But I do agree with you on the other point, Marshall. Okay. All right, so switching gears a little bit, the Promo Kitchen Court audience is composed of really people associated with the promotional item industry. So Marcy, in your estimation, why is the notion of sustainable printing important to this group and why should they be paying attention? Uh, sustainability, it's my new, my new soapbox issue, I love it. <laughs> uh, I really find that the ultimate customers need to be focused on sustainability for a variety of reasons. One is their ultimate relationship with their customer. You start to find that more and more people are really encouraged and engaged when it comes to discussions on sustainability. Now, I will grant you that the majority of people do not understand what the definition of the term sustainability means. And so when I start talking sustainability, I'm really looking at the total picture, where you look at a program that is based on three pillars, the people, the profit, and the planet. So you're looking at whether or not it has a direct environmental benefit, is it an economic benefit, and does it have a societal impact. And even printing, I believe, can be put onto those three pillars. And I think when you start looking at why the promotional item industry needs to be focused on the whole concept of sustainable printing, it really drives down to the business case. Because if you look at working with a printer who is sustainable or has achieved certification under the Sustainable Green Printing Partnership Program, 
you're looking at a printer who has really investigated their entire process, who has really come to grips and understands how to reduce waste in their program and decrease their environmental footprint. It is just such a strong message mm. to be able to say to your final customer base, if you are concerned with the sustainability, if you are concerned with what you are doing to the environment, then you need to buy from us because we're improving the environment, we're increasing our sustainability footprint, we're providing a better workplace for our employees, and on top of that, we're still making a profit. So that's a really strong message, I think. And I think any industry sector ought to be reevaluating and continually evaluating its supply chain to see how they can make those differences and make those incremental changes so that they can, in turn, advertise themselves as a sustainable business. So let me ask you as a follow-up to that. So if I'm a buyer and I'm looking at something for my customer's needs, can't I just find something with the word eco in front of it and be done with it? What does that mean? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, and it, this all gets to that whole concept that you and I, Marshall, have talked about over the years is greenwashing. And I think what people need to understand is greenwashing is not really just for a product that might be considered environmentally friendly, in quotes, or eco-friendly. Greenwashing really looks at also a company. Are you doing what you say you're doing? For example, I've talked to this one company a while ago, and they really wanted to become green. That's, again, in quotes, because, as you know, I consider green a color, not necessarily an adjective. Mm. So when you look at a company that says, I want to make a difference, but I only want to make a difference in part of my operation, I'm not quite sure how you do that. Do you only look at one of your print lines and decide that, you're just going to do something different, maybe use a different ink system or use a different substrate or something over there versus the rest of your operation. And how does that make you a sustainable operation? How can you segment so that you're only calling the products that are coming off of printing line A as you know eco-friendly because we printed it with you know a different ink system that doesn't create as much waste when you're not really focusing on the entire facility? And when you start looking at how you label things, you have to be very careful. The Federal Trade Commission came out with their green guides for marketing. And one of the strongest statements they made is they really don't want companies to use these adjectives like environmentally friendly or eco-friendly that cannot be substantiated. The question you need to ask is, how? What does it do? Is it any different than you know this other product over here? And you really have to, as a supplier, have to be able to quantify that. So when you're looking at a company, and there's a lot of companies out there that call themselves, we are green, buy from us. The question then that I think the ultimate purchaser, you know, the promotional item company needs to push back on is say, well, why are you green? How are you green? What have you done? What have you actually proven? How can you show me that you've done what you've said you've done? Hmm. It's really critical that you're able to substantiate any statement you make and that you don't make these fluffy statements that don't really carry much water. That's the perfect segue, Marcy, and you know I threw that softball up just for you. The perfect segue to talk about SGP and what that means and from a buyer's perspective, what they should be asking when they talk to their printer. So can you kind of describe what SGP is all about? 
Sure. Again, my next favorite subject. So SGP is the Sustainable Green Printing Partnership Program you know, that Mark alluded to in the introduction. And SGP is the only certification program for the printing industry. And SGP is a separate 501c3 organization that whose whole sole purpose and goal is to certify print processes or print facilities against a sustainability benchmark. So what you're looking at then is you're looking at a cross-print platform, regardless of how you're producing your product, then it provides you with the requirements for becoming a sustainable printer. And it's really important to note that SGP does not certify the product going out the door. What it certifies is the actual facility and the production process. Mm -hmm. And it looks at, as I mentioned earlier, all aspects. It looks at your societal aspects, it looks at your environmental aspects, and everything in between. So it's something then that a promotion company can then talk to about their printer, and it then gives them a baseline from which to have a conversation. So if I'm buying promotional items and I want to know if you're actually a sustainable printer, the first thing I would do is go to the SGP website and take a look and see if you're on that website. If you're not on the website, then the question is, are you moving down that pathway? Have you applied? Are you working towards certification? The certification criteria is right up there for transparency. So it gives the buyers the understanding of what that printer has to do, what steps they need to take, because this is not an easy process. And if you're using then a printer that's been certified by SGP, you're actually promoting yourself, the customer, as a sustainable organization because you're starting that sustainable supply chain from the bottom up. It's a rigorous program, but what it does is it provides that benchmark and that baseline for all facilities regardless of print platform. Marcy, do you see a day when SGP certification is a requirement for membership in the SGIA? I don't think a requirement for a membership in the SGIA. I think what we look at is that sustainability overall is a very market-driven phenomenon. Right. And I think what we're starting to see is that there are buyers and companies out there that are creating the pull for SGP certification for their print providers. Right. You have a company like Ann Inc. who has indicated a strong level of support for the SGP program and has indicated that to their print providers. Hence, all their print providers are working towards SGP certification. Right. And, and that's really important that we have a lot of early adopters within the SGP program and now what we're starting to see is the pull from some of these major buying organizations to say, hey, we really see the need for you know, our company to use SGP certified printers. Because if we're going to talk the sustainability talk, we need to make sure that our house is in order. And that's what I'm really starting to see the messaging about is that these buyers want to claim themselves as being sustainable and before they do that they really need to ensure that their supply chain is working in that direction as well. Right. The reason I asked that question before is it seems like there is a very direct link between your SGP program in, in the SGIA and product <laughs> safety in the promotional products industry. And the reason I say that, just for background or for listeners that, that aren't familiar with this, 
that PPAI has gone so far to say that in order to exhibit as a supplier or as a service provider on the trade show floor, you need to go through product safety certification, which shows that you're knowledgeable about product safety and the organization has seen it as an opportunity as well as a massive threat to the integrity of the industry, which is why they're now making it this huge issue. And then of course there's a large amount of education that's directed towards distributors that is bringing them up to speed about product safety because we, when I say we, the promotional products industry doesn't want to be labeled as irresponsible if there happens to be some massive product recall on some Google hooded sweatshirt program that you know does something terrible to employees that receive them. So in that light, do you see the SGP program as having the same kind of fundamental impact on your industry as product safety as in ours? Well, when I see product safety, and as you know, I deal a little bit in that realm of product safety. I see product safety as more of a regulatory initiative where there are specific government mandates regarding product safety issues. And I can understand how, you know, the PPAI, and I do quite a bit of work with PPAI on these issues, where they really do want to make sure and ensure that people are being responsible under the product safety laws. Sustainability is a little different. Sustainability, there are no overarching regulatory programs that dictate sustainable business operations. There's a lot of you know, other certifications out there. You have the FSC Forestry Stewardship Council certification, and that's primarily for paper-based items or paper products where it looks at sustainable forestry issues. So you do have some other what we call single attribute certifications out there for sustainability, but overall sustainability is still very much a voluntary initiative. It might lead to regulatory reductions, but I don't see that it's ever going to be mandated, whereas on the product safety realm, you have those mandates. So it's a little bit comparing apples to oranges, so I don't really see that it will ever be, nor would I... I don't know, I hadn't thought about it much, would I ever really maybe recommend that SGP be a requirement for membership within SGIA? Got it. I would rather look at it that those that are buying and want to be considered a sustainable organization, then they need to strongly consider using SGP within their print supply chain. That's a different kind of mandate but it's not a legislated or regulatory mandate. Right. I've got one more here, then I want to turn it back to Marshall. Mm -hmm. Marcy, in your opinion, how can promotional products companies become more sustainable in their day-to-day business? Are we looking at those that are producing the promotional products? Uh, Yeah, why don't don't we focus on the supply side, because they're the ones that are ultimately manufacturing the products and we could certainly say that there are opportunities for distributors to be sustainable as well but why don't we focus this on specifically the supply side of a manufacturer that is making mugs for instance and printing them for a distributor who is ultimately then selling them to an end client right so looking at the supply side When you're looking at what they can do to become more sustainable, there's a couple of small things. One, I think it's really important that companies take a hard look at what their position is. So when you start to walk down the sustainability pathway, developing a policy is really key. 
most companies I find have either an environmental policy or a safety and health policy that is really strong within their company organization. But to take a look and to take a step back and to embrace and to incorporate sustainability principles, to look at how you're going to look at, say, pollution prevention or source reduction, how you're going to eliminate waste, and how you're going to pull all that together in a public voice. Because that's really what your policy is. It's your public voice as to what are you going to do to become a sustainable operation. And as I tell people, you don't have to do it overnight. Don't think you're going to wake up one day and go, oh my gosh, I'm sustainable. It really is a journey. And there's never an end point. You can ask Marshall. Marshall continually amazes me at things that he finds that he can do within his facility. And he's been on this journey quite a while. So if you look at that, and then another aspect that a lot of companies miss out on is you can start a committee. If you have a safety and health committee, expand it to look at other opportunities. And this includes looking at possible waste reduction, looking at other low-hanging fruit, looking at what have you done with your lighting recently. Take a look and ask your employees. It is amazing to me when you ask employees what is it you would like us to do differently in the facility? How can we save money? How can we reduce waste? They've got ideas, and they don't have to be necessarily related to production. I have a company that does a free cycle area, meaning that they might have employees that are no longer using baby items, strollers, etc., but somebody else might need it. So once a month, they bring all these items together, and it's like a big swap meet. So they're pulling things out of the landfill. They are helping to meet a need, because maybe there's an item that somebody can't afford to purchase at that point. And they're you know, creating goodwill among the employees, because everybody looks forward to this. Oh, what's going to be at the swap meet this month? And so you look at little things you can do to create that atmosphere within your organization that we care about you, and we're moving down that pathway to see how we can overall reduce waste and create a better work environment. Marcy, that free cycle idea is awesome. I'm stealing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's amazing. So just to follow up on what you were just talking about, I know that SGIA does a great peer-to-peer class, because I've done it twice now. Can you talk about that and when the next one is and how to sign up and all that? Mm -hmm. Great. I love to talk about what I'm able to do, <laughs> as you know, Marshall. But the peer-to-peer -peer program is fun. The whole goal of the peer-to-peer -peer program is to help companies walk through the SGP certification. And as part of the SGP certification process, Companies are asked to develop and maintain a sustainability management system, as well as integrate a series of best management practices within their operation. And I find that a lot of the companies understand the concept and they really want to work down that pathway, but as I have said, the majority of the SGP program is documentation. So what we've been able to do at SGIA is to develop a series of tools and resources to help the companies, as I always say, it's easier to edit than it is to create, to create their own sustainability management system using our template, to take a look at some of the continuous improvement projects that have been accomplished by other facilities, 
and you do it, it's all internet based, we get five or six companies together so everybody can talk and we meet once every other week you know, for 30 minutes and it's a way for everybody to work together to integrate sustainability into their operation. I always tell members that my ultimate goal is that yes, you do become SGP certified, but if you just want to look at how to integrate sustainability and you're not ready to take the step towards certification, that's fine as well. We start a series of programs in February of 2016 and I'm really excited because we have a lot of interest by a wide variety of companies to move down that pathway. They're beginning to see that there is that strong business case to introduce sustainability into your operation because you do have the ability to reduce your waste, which is a direct reduction in your overhead costs. So I'm excited. And, and SGIA, we do provide all the, the resources and all the templates. So it's fun. I know you had a good time when you went through it. Yes. So just to follow up on that notion, I know a lot of people have the misconception that sustainability costs you money. Mm. Right. And we talk about this all the time. And, in fact, at the SGI show, you know, we had a whole discussion about it in the sustainability zone. So can you kind of elaborate on that part a little bit about that misconception that doing a sustainability program in your facility is going to cost you money and you're going to be in the red when you come out of it? Yeah, I think it's because everybody assumes that to do this, they need to totally and radically change the way they're doing things. And that's really not the case. I think when you start looking at sustainability and you start to look at how you can improve your sustainable footprint by reducing your environmental footprint, you start to see, and I always encourage people, just take a moment and go look in your dumpster. What are you putting in your dumpster that you could recycle? And we find that by companies recycling and increasing their recycling by 67% in a year, that translates into fewer dumpster loads going out the back door. So anytime you have an opportunity to divert trash away from the landfill, you're also diverting funds that you would be using to dispose of that. We've had facilities that have been able to look at reducing the amount of chemicals used in their workplace. And this gets into screen printing. They took a hard look at, well, how are we cleaning those screens? And what are we doing? Because it forces you to really take a hard look at the amount of chemicals you're using, the time it takes to do a specific task, and then whether or not there's any alternatives. And then I believe under the basic tenets of the sustainable management system, you can then say, well, our continuous improvement project for this year is to take a hard look at the amount of volatile organic compounds we have in the workplace. Well, so then you're under that mandate to review different products and to make a recommendation. And oftentimes, the facilities find that they're using way too much of one chemical. They reduce the amount of chemical. You reduce the amount of cost. You reduce the amount of waste. You reduce the amount of cost you might streamline a specific work task, you're reducing the FTEs that are associated with, say, cleaning a screen or making a screen or doing some other work task. It's really a way to start to identify how you can reduce waste in your operation. And it is phenomenal 
the amount of waste that people are finding that are able then to directly reduce. And any company that is able to take a hard look at their energy bills and then if you do some basic research on what it would be and the cost to replace and to upgrade your lighting, to look at putting in some remote sensors if you have a large warehouse. It's amazing what people have been able to research, do their baseline, and then do their calculations. And oftentimes they find a return on investment within six to nine months. Marcy, switching gears a, a little bit here, I'm curious, in the promotional products industry, We've got a number of uh, hang-ups and uh, things that stress us out, and you could call them bugaboos. But the bugaboos that are most often discussed at our industry events are things like suppliers selling direct, distributors buying direct from China and bypassing the supply base here in North America, the threat of online competition, eroding margins, slow overall growth. If you think about things from your vantage point at SGIA, what are some of the top worries that dominate the agenda in your world? I would say when you start looking at the essential graphics screen and other screen and digital printing, I think margins is up there because they are starting to look at the constant intrusion, especially by the Asian market. We start to see that, the, and I've been here in the industry now for well over 20 years, which is scary, but I've seen that the small companies within our industry sector, those that are operating at the local and regional level are very strong. And then you have the larger, or what we call the top of the pyramid. And here at SGIA, we say that 80% of the business is being done by 20% of the industry, and this right. is on the graphic side because of the size of these companies, because they were able then to leverage, and so you've seen the total disappearance of that mid-sized company in a lot of respects out from the industry. But when we start to look at some of these issues, a lot of them has to do with competition from you know abroad. You're looking at the whole cost of consumables. You're looking at how the ever-changing technology. How fast is it changing and what's on the horizon? And then the decision as to, well, when do we bring that in? When do we incorporate the new technology? Are we going to be on the leading edge or are we going to be so far out that we're not going to be able to recoup our costs? So a lot of those are the issues that we see. And a lot of the conversations here in the States also is dominated by internal operations that have to do with, well, how do we incorporate all this technology? in a seamless manner. Do we look at moving into, you know, direct signage? Are we what are these overall big decisions that we need to really focus on? So it's much more from my point of view much more technology based. There is some, you know, the the whole profit and the the margins, etc. But it really is also looking at when do we make that decision to move into that new technology. Right. So just wrapping things up, this last week I've had two promotional item customers completely confused by the Consumer Product Safety Information Act of 2008. They didn't even know it existed. <laughs> so I know that's something that's near and dear to your heart. So mm -hmm. can you give a quick, not too in-depth, but a quick overview of it? What's going on with that? Why these people need to understand what it's about and how using companies in their supply chain, they can solve this challenge for them. 
And you're right. The CPSIA, I think, is one of the most misunderstood pieces of legislation and regulatory issues. And I will say kudos to PPAI because we've been able to work with them quite a bit on educating as well as trying to find changes and get changes within the legislation and regulatory package. So the CPSIA impacts, really strongly impacts the universe of children's products. And children's products is anything that is marketed to a child. So what the promotional products industry has to take a look at is even if you have an adult small, is whether or not that's included in your children's marketing. If it is, it becomes a children's product. And what's really nice is within the world, you are required to test, you're required to certify that your product does not contain no more than 100 parts per million of lead. And I'm saying product. So if you have a shirt that has buttons on it or a zipper on it, that is part of the product. And those that are the person who is going to claim ownership of that product is then required to make sure they have a certificate that has all the required information, that you have a tracking label on there in case of a recall. And Mark, this gets back to what they're looking at for PPAI for their products legislation, is you want to make sure that they're able to uh, have an effective recall system, which is your tracking label. And this has to be for every batch of product going out the door. Right. So what is a little scary is that if you have a distributor that is buying product from China and bringing it in, the minute that product hits the U.S. border, that distributor is the manufacturer. Right. And as such, needs to ensure that they've tested, it has tracking label, and there's a certificate attached to that product. Right. And when you look at the port data, and that's where CPSC, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, is doing most of their enforcement, when you look at that, you can see that the majority of the products, they'll say no tracking label, no certificate, exceeds 100 parts per million lead, contains six phthalates. You know, so they will detail what's wrong there, and you're starting to see that more and more of the issues associated with the enforcement at the border have to do with the no tracking label or the no certificate or the no testing. Got it. Yeah, it's so interesting. I think that when I got into the industry in 1998, and I started as a distributor in the promotional products industry, Marcy. Mm -hmm. it, it feels like it dates me when I say this kind of thing, but at that time, the industry, or at least our industry, was a lot more simplistic <laughs> than it is right now. I mean, the idea yeah. of product safety or CPSIA, these were terms that were academic at best, even if they existed. I mean, our whole thing was trying to get an order out within two weeks, whereas now we can get an order out within two hours. <laughs> so I just think it's it's so interesting to not only hear your answer from the perspective of someone in the promotion products industry in terms of seeing how much things have changed and professionalized, which I think is a good thing. But it's also really interesting to get it from your perspective, too, because you're in a different industry and, you know, you see it from a different lens. Marcy, the hallmark of really any great podcast that we've done on Promo Kitchen is when we look at the time and go, hang on a second, how have we been speaking for this amount of time? And it feels like 30 seconds. <laughs> so before we wrap up, Marcy, we always like to give our guests the opportunity to have the last word. 
So is there something that you want to leave with our listeners, a little bit about yourself, how to find out about more information about you, where they can learn more about the great work that you're doing, uh, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, well, thank you. Well, I think one, really two things I want to leave the audience with. One has to do with CPSIA. I believe a lot of people are still unfamiliar with the requirements and I would encourage them to check out the SGIA website. We have a lot of information up there about it, but also to make sure they understand that there will be a time when the Consumer Product Safety Commission will no longer accept ignorance as a response. So I encourage everyone to come up to speed and to make sure that they understand what the requirements are. And if you are buying promotional products, to make sure that your suppliers are complying with the program's regulations. It's really critical because I think that's really how then any program comes into being is that those that are buying the product actually then require and enforce as well as the regulatory agency. Because I do hear I do a lot of public speaking on this topic and what I find is when I talk to the printers is that they go, well, you know, Joe's down the street is not complying. So they'll go to Joe's down the street because they think they can get a cheaper price whereas I have to comply, and there is, as with any regulatory program, there is a cost associated with it. And I think then the distributors need to understand that and be willing to work with their suppliers to require their suppliers to become compliant with these regulatory issues. And I think that goes with all regulatory issues as well. And secondly, I would encourage that everyone take a look at the Sustainable Green Printing Partnership Program's website that you really investigate whether or not this fits within your business operation and your business model. I'd be happy to talk to anybody who wishes to explore SGP certification or even just to talk about sustainability in the workplace. They can reach me through my email, marcyk at sgia.org, or you can give Marshall a call, and I'm sure Marshall will refer you to me as well. But I just encourage everyone to take a hard look at their operation and to see what steps they can take today to really ensure that the future of the industry is really strong and bright. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. See you next time.